This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. From music to maps, money and modernity, this is where ideas come to life. There and welcome to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Jones, and uh, with me in virtual studio is uh, Ganjana. Hello, Ajahn. Hello, I'm back. It's so good to be back. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome I to have you. Um, this is uh, this is uh, we're, we're always excited to have you as a co-host, but uh, um, Ganjana was pretty insistent on this one, I must say, uh, and it's not just because it has to do with. Uh, Thailand. We always love her insights when it comes to Thailand. But uh, uh, is it fair to say you're you're fangirling a bit, Ganjana? A little bit. Yeah. I I feel like I this is you know this talk is I've been working on making this talk happen for three years. Okay. And right. uh, so, so here, here we, we are. are. And this, this is, is I'm, I'm, I'm very excited, excited about, about it. it, and I'm trying to keep my voice down so that our recording yeah. levels well um, uh, it doesn't show my level of excitement. Uh, so uh, so why don't you give us a proper introduction to our to our uh, scholar uh, Nicholas Verstappen. Nicola Verstappen. But anyways, um, he is currently a lecturer at the Faculty of Communication Arts at Jalalongkorn University in Bangkok, Thailand, Thailand, where he, where teaches, he teaches comic, comic art, art history and composition. He received his master's from the University of Brussels in performing arts with a focus on writing and cinematographic analysis. He's also the curator of the Thai Comic Archive, and that can be uh, found on his blog. Um, maybe we'll link that um, instead of me sure. saying the, the URL. And he's also the editor of Xerox, an interview zine series um, where he interviews comic artists. So thank you. The reason he's here is because of his newly published, beautifully put together yeah. book uh, titled The Art of Thai Comics, A Century of Strips and Stripes, out by River Books in April of this year, 2021. And the paperback is coming up and available for pre-order now through various means by the end of September. In fact, Target.com, of all places, flagged oh. me to pre-order, and I didn't even know Target would would offer his book, but I'm very excited that it, that it is. is. Yes, yes, the book has received, um, and this is going into the fangirl portion now, um, the book has received glowing reviews and people have been anticipating actually this book coming out. So Nike Asia says this is a tangible proof of a, of miracle, a miracle of modern day modern literary, literary archaeology. archaeology. Um, Chris, Chris Baker, Baker a renowned Thai, Thai historian, historian uh, or history, uh, history, a historian, historian of Thai, of Thai uh, history, uh, wrote in the wrote Bangkok, in Bangkok Post, this is a superb, a superb and surprising, and surprising book. book. The capsule the biographies of the artists are a, are a slice of social, social history in themselves. themselves. That's a really, a really high, high praise from Chris Baker. Also, the cloud said that his book redefined the word cartoon in Thai. So, welcome, Nicola Verstappen. Thank you so much for the, the fun girling and I really appreciate the introduction um, with some pressure here and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, I also uh, did, I don't know if you mentioned the, the, the one of my favorite, I'm a fan of the puns and uh, it, your blog from dusk till drawn um, is a great name, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well done. Now, for yes. um, stop it, that is in the that is in Flamse naam. Have you thuis Flams gesproken? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we can both fangirl, Ganjana. Um, uh, so to to today, I he... thought I was supposed to make him speak Thai now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm right. just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's Perform for us. I'm yeah, just uh, kidding. So the um, the a portion of his his book is beautiful it's 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 big and it's a lot it's full of expansive ideas um he broke down a, a portion of it for us today um and his talk was the hermit and the buffoon Thai comics archetypes in the service of the nation um and so you focus on uh, nicola these two characters of the the hermit and the the buffoon maybe give us a give us kind of a snapshot of of 
what we're talking about in, in the Thai context and maybe in larger traditional folk or and then comic context? Who who, who the hermit yeah. buffoon? So uh, the idea is that uh, uh, as early as 1932, there will be the, the start of a production of uh, long form comics. So they will be serialized in newspapers. Uh, and because of the, the censorship, uh, cartoonists decided not to talk about uh, current news anymore and uh, to adapt uh, folk tales into uh, long form uh, graphic narratives. And um, as they are related to folk tales, there is the character of the hermit, which is a really important character in uh, uh, traditional folk tales, because the hermit is the uh, ascetic living in a cave or in the forest, uh, and who is um, uh, carrying the knowledge, the values, virtues of um, Siamese or Thai uh, traditions. And uh, prince, uh, young princes, as have to go in the forest and train uh, with him. They will learn uh, moral values, they will learn uh, magic, and they will learn uh, combat uh, techniques uh, so that they can become uh, good kings and good rulers uh, later on. And uh, that is a, a figure that will be um, really important in Thai comics because, uh, as I've explained during the, uh, the talk, uh, it's going to reappear like every decade and adapted and updated uh, to fit in the 1950s uh, superhero narratives, for instance. So the Hermit is going oh, to okay. still, even till 2002, really be uh, adapted in manga style uh, and so on. So it's really that figure, traditional figure uh, that uh, present the nation, the values of the nation, uh, what it is, uh, uh, what is Tynes, for instance, um, uh, we might say, and next to it, um, as soon as 1932, there will be a clown or a buffoon character. Uh, the first one will be Kun Wen, who is going to make, uh, uh, is, um, will be really disruptive uh, and, and uh, true humor. And uh, that's going to be a, to allow uh, a series of anachronisms. So even if, if everything happens in folk tales in ancient times, we will have um, characters using machine guns, for instance, uh, out of the blue, uh, because um, that's what the, the clown allows. And that is something that is linked to uh, Thai performing arts like Likay Theater, where you can always disrupt narrative and play with anachronism all the time, even if it's uh, tales from the past. Uh, and I think that was really important in Thai comics. It's so Thai comics are going to really keep that um, form of um, uh, status quo or conservative um, ideas and values. Uh, and Thai comics will really be a place where all these conservative values will be um, kept and updated. There is always a, a kind of newness uh, that is um, brought over these um, uh, really traditional tales, um, and um, and yeah, so we have that that aspect of uh, oh, the hermit and the buffoon will work together to link uh, the values of the past to a contemporary audience and a contemporary readership, so that that readership is always in touch or relates always to these uh, old folk tales values uh, that are usually pro-establishment values, uh, I, I will say. <laughs> were, the, yeah. were these characters familiar to you, Ganjana, as a child of, Absolutely. I won't say which decade? Abs <laughs> well, I mean, I'm 42. I'm, I'm not ashamed of having not died. Um, so <laughs> it, and, and that's, that's my, my next comment actually about, about the book is that not only when you first open the book, you see this beautiful, the most beautiful table of content, I think that I've ever seen because it's so, it's graphically depicted and, and quite deliberate in, in the way that the narrative in the book later would weave these common threads through the century, right? And that's just, it, it's a perfect kind of visual prelude to, to what the book is going to talk about. And what really popped out at me as, as a historian of a particular period in Thai history, right? And, and that's actually how we met. We were both trudging through uh, the archives together, um, trying to be very gentle uh, with these newspapers that we have to sweep up 
right after we were done using them and, and there, there wasn't <laughs> right and there wasn't really any protocol we could just use our bare hands uh things were taped together with masking tape scotch tape uh strings it, it, it rubber bands it, it it was heartbreaking um as as a, someone trying to capture these cultural ephemera and what the book I think did really well was was tying those things together, and it wasn't jarring at all to jump back and forth between the the external influences and the internal workings, and 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 it just read it read so. I'm still fangirling. Um, this is not a question now. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got carried away again. Um, but so what I. I did take notes on on the reading, and I thought what was interesting is that you mentioned in the book that 1932, for those who are unfamiliar with, with Thai history, 1932 was a monumental year in that it ended absolute monarchy and began a quote-unquote democratic era, right? So that's a different podcast if we want to talk about whether or not that ever happened. But interestingly, that's not what we expect to come with a democratic period, right? If freedom of the press, freedom of expression didn't happen. So can you talk a little bit about that sudden change, right? So maybe a little bit before. And how the Thai comics, comics responded like. to that. Yeah, and before, yeah. before 1932 comics and post-1932 yeah. comics, because at the same time, there was this big boom in 1932. Something about October 1932 was a very rich time uh, in Thai comics. So can can you walk us through kind of that that important period in Thai history through the eyes of comics? Yes, uh, of course. So first, um, uh, you were not asking the question, I will not give an answer. I will just mention that these amazing designs are made by uh, Pirapat. Uh, and that, that was, uh, uh, I was blessed to actually pick the designer I, I wanted to pick. Uh, I knew the work of uh, Pirapat as a, a cartoonist and really uh, experimental cartoonist in, in Thailand. And I knew that he was a designer too. And I knew when I saw his comics, uh, I fell in love with his work and I decided to ask him because he's working with non-linear comics narratives. And I thought that uh, if we wanted to talk about comics, because it's always about mixing influences, the impact or the links between past and present, um, it, it had to be him because he did an amazing job, as you mentioned. I mean, the the, the table at the start, it's it's brilliant. The way he's, he's really uh, working on, on that and showing how everything is linked and connected uh, at some point, which is one of the, the, the main objective of the book, uh, to see how everything connects. Uh, to talk about the 1932 um, revolution, so indeed we 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 first have a really really strong um, uh, presence of editorial cartooning and political cartooning in the 1920s, um, and uh, it's really fascinating to see uh, Sam Sumanan or other uh, Siamese cartoonists who are really bold in their um, production and statements. Um, and it's really rich in terms of, uh, of um, protest, I would say, um, or uh, criticism, because we have uh, uh, cartoons that are related to feminism. So we have a lot of cartoons that are actually asking for um, uh, rights for women, uh, the, the question of polygamy, for instance, the idea that uh, men were taking too many wives and so uh, some wives were actually starving. Uh, and that that was not uh, acceptable. Uh, the idea that uh, women could go to education, but then uh, they had uh, degrees, but they could not practice uh, any job, and they would um, mention. So we have uh, a wide range of things. Also, uh, cartoons criti criticizing the absolute monarchy, the abuse of power, and so on. Uh, and then uh, it's going to push really. Uh, it's really effective. Um, tool of change in the 1920s in Siam, uh, and that will participate in the discontent uh, towards the absolute monarchy and lead to the uh, Siamese revolution. And then when the, uh, uh, the new government is formed, uh, they are actually a bit uh, scared and they have to make a concession with um, uh, 
with the monarchy and uh, elites and so on, um, because they need to be diplomatic at some point, and actually they will enforce censorship because they are afraid that it's going to be tense. They win, they want to quiet things down, and uh, they decide to make uh, harsher um, uh, censorship. So almost every kind of political news uh, are going to be uh, forbidden. Uh, dozens of newspapers will be closed, and uh, news uh, journalists will be arrested. Uh, and uh, as a way to try to keep the peace. Um, uh, I don't think the, the best solution, but uh, that's what they did anyway. Uh, and uh, But even more that, than that, uh, we can see that they will um, actually try to crush the feminist movement, uh, which is also something interesting as they will uh, try to prom promote uh, pageant contests and beauty contests to change the role of women in Siam as early as 1934. Uh, so it's, it's really... Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting period. And then comics will react, as I said, because cartoonists are afraid. They are afraid to be, to be, to be jailed and they will stop um, uh, political commentaries. And that's why they will, uh, as soon as late 1932, they will decide to quit making uh, uh, political commentaries and they will turn to long form comics and say, okay, we need a job. There is a, there are pages in newspapers to be filled. Uh, let's uh, create these uh, series of comics and adaptations. And so as Jutarop will be the the, the master, uh, will really launch this uh, this movement with his highly innovative and creative uh, adaptations uh, that, that we can see. And uh, 1933, 1934, all the other cartoonists will will do the same and and adapt uh, folk tales with very creative ways the um the i mean the the that's such a pivotal important period that you that you highlight and the comics are visually kind of stunning and the, the response maybe maybe for our listeners give a sense of like the f first mention of cartoon in thailand and comics and what what do we know about that that art form um uh going back into the 19th century so we, we actually, uh, the, the first mention would be from uh, the Norwegian explorer, Carl Bock in uh, 1881, who visited the palace of, uh, uh, summer palace of King Chulalongkorn. And we'll actually note that King Chulalongkorn, uh, Rama V, is uh, displaying cartoons uh, uh, from the Vanity Fair magazine in his uh, palace. And then we have the first um, known comics is 1907, so really using a system of panels uh, to tell uh, a story. And uh, that were woodcut comics. They are probably influenced by the Chinese Punch magazine. The Chinese Punch was created in China, inspired by the British Punch magazine. Uh, and, um, and then there is a, a gap that seems like to be an exception in 1907. Uh, the development of comics will be really uh, starting in the, the 1920s, um, thanks to uh, King Rama VI, uh, because King Rama VI is a cartoonist himself, and he discovered cartooning and uh, in England when he was doing his studies abroad. And he thinks that it's a, a powerful tool for propaganda, mostly uh, against the German at that time, uh, World War One. And he will actually become a cartoonist, publish cartoons in the Royal Gazette, and then publish comics in the Royal Gazette from by other artists. And he will create um, contests and invite the population to send him cartoons, and they can win prizes. And that will be um, how the first um, editorial and um, political cartoonist will start uh, by winning prizes uh, from the King's Contest. And that will be the development in the 1920s of... Ironically, yeah. <laughs> ironically, yes, because he, he will push and promote um, uh, uh, cartooning uh, against Germany and as a interesting propaganda tool, even within uh, Siam, but uh, then the first uh, editorial cartoonist will soon start to criti criticize the absolute monarchy. So it's uh, in indeed uh, quite an irony there. Uh, but then 
and we have uh, um, tales that are always um, uh, then shortcomings starting 1928 uh, start to be like the, the Western comics we know. So using the panels and the speech balloons uh, to create full pages of comics uh, by Chan Suvanapunya. Uh, but they are related to poetry again, and that is something that is really important in, in Thai comics and quite unique. It's that for decades, uh, Thai comics will be linked to Thai poetry. Either you have a short poem that is at the top of the page and then the comics will illustrate that poem so that it could, um, it's easy to teach or use comics as a, a knowledge um, or edu educational tool. Uh, to teach about values and moral codes to uh, the population. And then um, even with Sawas Jutarop and all the long form comics starting in the 1930s, um, actually they are adaptation of classic plays of or literate, literary text. Uh, but they are also, uh, I didn't mention that in the talk, but they are also um, accompanied with the original poetry. So you have the panels, for instance, four panels inside the characters are speaking with speech balloons, but at the top or the bottom of these panels, you have actually the, the full lines po the full of poetry. poetry. Okay. The full poetry. And these poetry, either it's the original text or, or for instance, Sawas Jutarop, he would write uh, the lines in, in poetry that are commenting or making uh, funny comments about the content of the panels themselves, which is really, I think, unique. I've never seen that in any kind of uh, uh, comics production in other countries, and that it would last for uh, decades. Uh, we, and even M. Vajakorn, the, the major uh, Thai illustrator of the 20th century, uh, will go on with that technique up to the 1960s, where you will do graphic narratives, and it's always uh, text written in uh, in classic poetry. And that is really interesting how the text and um, classic text and poetry are working with the the content of the comics themselves. So that's so you were surprised that Thai comics did that, and I was surprised that it was surprising. Um, in reading it, because I grew up with it, that especially and going to Lique performances as a child. And so for those who are unfamiliar with uh, Lique, Lique is uh, improvised musical theater um, in a way that's traditional to, uh, to Thailand. And oftentimes their adaptation or improvisation of classic tales. So similar to what's happening in the comics. But what you found interesting was they took this improvisational form, a performing art, stage art, and made it into a visual art, but then kept the, the optional fourth wall, right? So where, and, and it didn't, it didn't surprise me as a Thai reader because, of course, you recognize that this is Lique. And as with Lique, you have the performance that's happening, and then all of a sudden, someone will talk to you as the audience. Or they'll, they'll whisper, you know, they'll, they'll make the, the motion for whisper, and they'll, they'll make fun of the hero who is boasting about his adventure or what, whatnot. And so um, any other surprises in, in looking at this big, uh, panoramic of of Thai comics, right? You you chose a century, which is a lot, very ambitious. Um, but you you did it well. So, any other surprises besides that? That as a an expert of comic art, as a teacher of comic art, and as a practitioner, that really um, to you jumps out as particularly a Thai characteristic of comics. Yes, I, I mean, it, there, there were so many. I mean, for me, it's, uh, for instance, as you mentioned, the cartoon Lique, so this this specific form that is going to merge Lique theater with uh, the comics form is absolutely stunning. Uh, mo most of the things that I think stunning and I mentioned in the, in, in, in the talk is the idea that they were, uh, Siamese artists were really innovative uh, visually in terms of storytelling. So we are seeing in 1933, like breaking the fourth wall, breaking the panels, the borders of the panels in a Radan Lendai by Jamnong Rodari, for instance, or uh, creating, like I mentioned, the uh, uh, Hergé did a famous panel where uh, uh, all the characters are 
the movement is um, allocated over different characters. And that is something that Hergé was really proud of in 1940. But actually, it's something that Jamnong Rodari did also in 1933. Uh, so all these really creative aspects of uh, uh, graphic storytelling, uh, the play with the panels, the fourth wall, and so on. And in Cartoon Lique, it's 1939. So it's, uh, again, uh, more than 10 years before Mad Magazine in the US would do uh, something similar. Uh, so we can see the way is breaking the fourth wall. Every time we have two pages happening in the fourth tale, then the fourth wall is broken and you end up discovering that you are uh, watching a play on a stage. And then we go back inside the fourth tale narrative and then it's going to be broken two pages later back on the stage. We, uh, that constant back and forth is absolutely stunning. And of course, uh, in, in it's interesting that nobody is talking about that in any uh, Thai books. So there are a few books that have been written about Thai comics by Thai writers, and they just mentioned, and then in 1939, Prayun creates the cartoon Nikkei genre. Uh, and no explanation, no details, it's because it's obvious. Yes, mm -hmm. that, okay, this is cartoon Likke, and it's based on Likke. And if you know what Likke is, yeah. I had to spend three months just trying to understand how Lique is working, reading all the books, theses, and so on, and try to compare the Lique and the cartoon Lique, what Prayun is keeping from Lique, what is changing, uh, what are the elements that, uh, that he's playing with. Did you uh, go to me, some did... performances? Uh, online. I, I, ah, I okay. didn't watch a, a live one. I, I watched uh, Lique performances online. Uh, and I, my colleague, uh, uh, Ajahn Sukanya, who is, uh, is actually the specialist uh, of uh, Lique Theatre, which was uh, quite helpful because she is uh, working in the same building as me. Ah, so she convenient. helped me a lot. Yeah, that's quite convenient because she is a Lique practitioner and she, is, um, she made her uh, doctoral thesis about uh, Lique. So that was helpful. But for me, it took months to understand how it works. I mean, when you relate, uh, uh, Ajahn Sukanya is relating it to a Brechtian theater. So it's really like the theater of Bertel Brecht in, in all the, uh, the interruption breaks uh, and so on. Uh, and then to think that someone was doing some kind of a Brechtian uh, comics in the 19, 1939 is surprising. Then there is uh, royalty and comics, uh, the idea that we have uh, Rama 6, uh, Rama 5 interested in cartoons, Rama 6 would be a cartoonist himself. Yeah, that and was we surprising. we also have King King, uh, Bumibon, so Rama 9, uh, who will be promoting comics by, um, he was a huge fan of Tintin comics from Hergé. As a... and, and he was an illustrator himself. He, he put out a few uh, illustrations and books. Yes, and paintings, and he, he wrote uh, books, and he asked uh, these books to be, two of these to be adapted into comics form. So one is the, the Marjanaka, and the other is the story of his uh, dog, right. uh, asking, uh, and because he knew that his message, the original text uh, was written in a, in a, um, in a, a classic um, form of literature, and was not reaching the audience he was expecting. And so he thought, I will ask them to be adapted and we actually overview the complete adaptation of the, his text into comics form because he knew that comics would reach everyone in Thailand and uh, any, right. any readership. So he knew that comics had that really strong appeal uh, to convey his, uh, his message. So this is also quite unique. and. And I think there, there are so many amalgamations. So for me, it's the, the act of um, amalgamating in Thai comics that is really unique too. So we have example in 1933, Vitamin is a teenager, he's like 17. And in 1933, he will merge Popeye and Mickey Mouse together in one single character, which is stunning. He's mixing <laughs> the... So he it's has the amazing. shape of Popeye. He's, he has the shape of Popeye, but then he has the... the uh, he's dressed like um, uh, Mickey Mouse with the colors of Mickey Mouse. And then um, you thought, why? Why would you mix Popeye and Mickey Mouse in one character? I've never seen that. And that would be just uh, an exception. But we have actually 
then artists will merge Captain Marvel and Superman into one single character. And even more fascinating and disturbing for me, it would be um, <laughs> the artist who, uh, who decided to humanize the Mickey Mouse characters. So the Disney characters, they are mice or, or uh, ducks. And he will make a version of these characters as human people. And it's really disturbing because when you discover <laughs> how he's drawing, so uh, it's a, uh, in English, it's a Uncle Scrooge, the, yeah. the mm -hmm. uncle. Yes, yeah. yes. So he's doing a, a human version of a Uncle Scrooge, and he has really, really long and uh, flat lips that uh, that are lips, but it's uh, because he normally yeah. has a beak. Uh, yeah. And and it is fascinating too the way that they would take elements, or someone will merge a ninja from a manga. That's Rachulos one who is uh, merging a, a ninja from a manga. Uh, famous manga with Batman and so you have a ninja and he's actually answering the bat signal at some point and that's and amazing it's stunning yeah because yeah. I, I've seen a lot of amalgamations but the way Thai artists do that for me is is really unique the boldness in in, in your what they do yes in your in your in your in your book you you talked about you know the selective borrowing and 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 mm -hmm. creative adoption like is there what do you what do you how do you interpret that as a, you know as a, as a scholar of this or what what's what's going on is it and is it is it similar you different in in Thailand than other places like like help us get a sense of what uh what we should think about something like this yeah so uh, one thing about comics is that they are really uh, transnational uh, quite easily, uh, faster than novels that have to be translated or movies. Uh, Even if you don't know the language, issues. you can visually... Yes. Yeah. So all, all these newspapers, I mean, uh, Siam and Thailand are the crossroads here in, uh, in Southeast Asia, between uh, South Asia and uh, East Asia. And, uh, and so all the newspapers were coming through uh, there from Singapore and other places. So they had access right. to all the publications from around the world, Punch and whatever, Mad Magazine and so on. Uh, and even without, if you cannot speak the language, you can look at the comics, the style, the techniques that they used and so on. And that's the same everywhere in the world. Comics are really uh, uh, spreading really fast and have a, an influence that is immediate. So someone in Japan sees punch and starts the Japan punch uh, and, and that's it. No need for translation. You get the, the, the ID, borrow some things from Popeye or whatever characters you see in a comics, even if you cannot understand the, the plot. Uh, so uh, for that, faster than films and novels, I think comics have been spreading around the world and having an impact. Uh, viral almost. We have, yeah, viral. I mean, it's 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 really a, a viral mass medium, uh, uh, probably one of the very first uh, mass medium uh, we can think of. And, uh, and so everywhere in the world, Japanese will borrow from Western comics. Hergé is going to mix American comics with Chinese painting to create his uh, art uh, clear line style in Tintin. So everybody is, is borrowing from everyone, everywhere in the world, there's no exception to that. Uh, but I think in Thailand, there is, um, it's really special. I've never seen it pushed that far in selecting and amalgamating or hybridizing these characters the way they do it um and really i Daring. think it's it's yeah it's it's part of this it's something that goes uh, from long ago it's uh, if we look at thai art so they first moved uh, from uh, the south of china settled the thai people settled in uh, the place that is thailand no but they actually uh, mixed with uh, and were open to uh, relation with other ethnic groups in the region. And then after they will borrow elements from the Khmer, uh, from India, from Java, they always, as it's seen over the centuries, been really receptive to uh, foreign elements. One of the reason is um, that they, uh, it's the question I talk about that in conclusion of the book, it's the question of the aura, uh, the, the civil, civilizational aura, so Thai and Siamese um, 
always wanted to be at the top of the civilization. And so when China is uh, the, the most important uh, nexus or uh, place uh, in culture, they borrow elements of that culture so that they can benefit from the aura of China. Uh, it's an aura in a really in a, uh, not just um, a figurative sense, because in, in, in Thai culture and belief, there is that um, auspicious aura that is really acting. It's it's. Uh, really aff affecting the well-being of the people. So the king has a glowing aura that falls over the the, uh, the, the citizens and so on. Yes, and and uh, the the boon barami, so the auspicious aura indeed. Uh, so it's really it's really effective. It's not just for culture; it affects the aura and uh, the, the 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 country itself, uh, giving in it power or shine and so on. And so um, they always did that, borrow, uh, adapt, so that they are always at the top uh, in, in terms of civilization and, uh, and influence. And I think they, uh, that, that's no part of, of how they work and how, how it's done. When comics arrive, they see, oh, so Popeye is the thing. So we'll just take the face of Popeye. That's going to be us borrowing the aura of Popeye and applying it to our own production. So we benefit from the, I, I say in the book, cosmic and comics aura at the same time. And they do that for manga. When manga starts, they borrow manga elements, but they keep the traditional tale, uh, for instance, because they just borrow the aura of manga or the aura of superheroes and they by just selecting some important markers uh so that they can actually are, uh, yes are the defenders of sort of thai culture with you know capital or culture like are are they, are they are they what do they think about this are they are they worried about all of these um that these are not traditional these are not um, you know, these are foreign, like what, what so tell us about some of the maybe more conservative elements in the sort of the Thai cultural bears, standard bears. What do they think about cartoons? Are and they that, even, and, yeah. are they even thinking about having to defend Thai cartoons as part of, of Thai-ness? Or, or defending the non-Thai parts that are being adopted so quickly by Thai artists mm. or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it has really changed over time because, uh, of course, at the, the start, we have the CWILI project that I mentioned, the idea that um, it's um, going to be uh, adoption of uh, foreign cultural markers so uh, to give the civil, civilizational aura to... So that self-civilizing, uh, the cartoons like, are part of that self-civilizing process. And, yeah, in, in yeah. the sense that yeah. that's what... Uh, uh, King uh, Rama Six uh, is doing when he's introducing cartoons and comics in in Siam yeah. in the 1920s. He's borrowing foreign elements. He see how, how effective it can be for his own agenda, and so it's borrowing neoclassic paintings and etc. Et and so on. So uh, at the start, it's something that is uh, done willingly, and they say we have to. Uh, look civilized by right. borrowing all these elements, foreign elements, so that we can stay at the top of the game and not be invaded by the French who claims that they right. will civilize everyone. So yeah. that's that's done uh, willingly and, and uh, with self-intention. Yeah. Okay, and so uh, in comics, they, they will keep on. I think all the 1930s, taking the face of Popeye, uh, making, uh, taking the superheroes uh, <laughs> costume, but keeping it in a traditional setting, for instance. So it's always um, um, uh, getting that newness while keeping uh, the, the traditional roots alive. It's a way to update the traditions and keep these traditions and values from generation to generation right. by just playing with uh, something that uh, John Kajan well uh, as it's part of a research, uh, the question of the attire. And it's really performative way. It's just the, the body stays the same, but it's we change the clothing. It's like updating the guard robe. Right. So th these are really borrowing from manga or superhero. It's wow. just superficial. It's performative. It's like just the outlook is changing, but it's keeping the 
the, the body, the traditional the body intact. Yeah, the core mm -hmm. intact. Yeah. yeah, so so comics are are at the same time hyper local in that you have to understand the cultural context, the the artistic history that it comes from, but but from from what I gleaned from your book is Thai comics in the beginning was was inward looking while acknowledging the outside right so these things are coming from the outside but the audience was very kind of endemic kind of topics and and things um and at some point if you i guess i saw it as a, a flower sort of it kind of started pointing outward um but by nature of it it's hyper local right especially with editorials so in looking at this increase um globalized consumption patterns right starting post-world war ii in thailand how how has that been reflected through comics uh, and it will stay really local and uh, there is no uh, quest of of telling uh, or trying to actually make comics that could be sold abroad or to reach a foreign market it's comics by thai artists for thai readers um, uh, mostly. The, the big change will come in the 1970s um, because so far comics are mostly produced uh, for adults and an adult readership um, mm. and in the 1970s there will be a change there is the cartoon name la Bat, the, the cheap horror uh, comics for instance mm -hmm. that are exploding it's a really difficult traumatic period for thailand the 1970s right. and we have the middle class that uh, uh, is rising and there are concerns about the american influence there are concerns about the japanese influence that is all uh, everybody uh, everywhere on the tv screens uh, in the 1970s and the new middle class has to find its identity and decide what it's going to be. And they decide that, okay, we need to go back to the traditional roots, uh, traditional expression, art forms, things that are really local and Thai, uh, and reject what would be too American or too Japanese or not fitting our, our values. And that is the point where it's the same in the, in the United States in the 1950s. Uh, it happens in the 1970s in Thailand. It's the idea that uh, comics will not be seen as uh, something really Thai by nature, that it's actually, uh, uh, there are probably too too much violence. There is Japanese influence, American mm, influence. Yes, yes. It's not traditional Siamese art. It's not indigenous here. Yes, and, and the, 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 the middle class at that point is mostly looking for like a court um, arts or uh, things that would be, uh, they believe would be related to aristocracy or high society and eyebrow. Uh, and so they will uh, go for that, uh, that aspect and uh, the comics will sadly be discarded as being low and popular uh, culture. So the middle, middle class will just um it's the moment where we have that shift and comics starts to be disregarded being just popular culture of a uh, low value um sadly and, but it uh, also captures and, the the zeitgeist right and and the the current psyche of, of a population so part of your research project also looks at how comics capture or handles or process or synthesize i'm not sure which word to use trauma and you mentioned yes. in the 1970s was a particularly uh transformative and traumatic period um for the thai people as a whole due to multiple political events and how they turned out and so there's a whole generation um, that is still processing uh, that decade, right? And we see kind of similar things happening now um, in Thailand. And since you're more in touch with what's going on in current cartoons, how, how, how are current artists um, processing this period um, in real time through cartoons? So what is interesting to, to make the link is that so end of the 1990s, um, so there was the manga influence, the, the Thai market has been uh, destroyed uh, because of uh, unlicensed uh, manga production. And uh, there was a new generation that's going to start uh, writing comics, alternative comics in the late 1990s, mostly Sutishat Sarapai Wanish with his 
um, game-changing comics, uh, Joe the Secret Agent, uh, because with Joe the Secret Agent in 1998, he will go against uh, the, 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 that system of um, always sticking with traditional uh, narratives, traditional tales, because the, the generation then is just adapting the old folk tales into uh, with a manga style. And he says that that's not who we are. We we are experiencing the Thai way of life and we need to, uh, we are part of a global, global world and we need to embrace um, uh, this complex uh, multifaceted identity. And so his comics, Joe the Secret Agent will be a revolution for um, the Thai comics production because he will mix together European, American and Japanese influences in one narrative in a very effective way. It's a, it's a stunning work where you will really say, let's uh, embrace um, uh, different influences because that's who we are. We are actually good at borrowing things and making them our own. And, uh, and in this um, comic, so we will kind of oppose these ideas of always keeping everything localized. And it's the first time he will create a character that is not a Thai character. Uh, his main character, Joe, is actually coming from York City, and he will go to Thailand and will see Thailand with the eyes of a foreigner and start a criticism about the, the paradoxes of the Thai society. So it's uh, it's uh, it's really strong. And I and from there, this will be a, a groundbreaking, and suddenly a full old generation of Thai artists will say, oh, we can do that actually. So we can actually decide that we can go against the, the, the establishment or the these conservative kind of narratives and create something new that really looks like we are now. It's a blend of influences, not just uh, Thai traditional literature and the new generation will be born out, out of that and be inspired by that for the past 25 years it's really the the the, the wake of that um, that uh, 1998 comics Joe the secret agent and I think no there is more uh, the the new generation is is less uh, scared to to talk and to draw. We have uh, artists like Saart, who is an uh, amazing um, artist, who is um, the first comics journalist of Thailand, and who is uh, writing autobiographical stories, where he's explaining his own life as uh, in the Thai education system. Uh, explaining the violence, uh, how the, the Thai education system is forcing children to avoid critical thinking or artistic development or uh, ex free expression, for instance. So we have a new generation who start to really deal with the, uh, the social, uh, deep social issues in, um, in Thailand. That is something really new because uh, with self-censorship and uh, the fear of, of arrest and something that Sahart mentioned uh, uh, that um, is rings really true is that um, it's really difficult to get um, uh, to to actually give a different of, uh, opinion in Thailand usually it's a uh, smooth interactions we try to avoid conflicts right. and uh, that everything would be smooth uh, so usually you don't try to come with a completely different opinion or oppose. Unless you're in the back of a taxi and you're discussing politics yes. with the driver and then all is yes. all is open. <laughs> the taxi is a safe space. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, 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 I never tried. I will try. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so so we have. Uh, I, I think the, the new generation is is uh, starting to say, okay, no, we we can have different opinions, but at some point we have to say something and do something because this is uh, this is not working uh, at all for uh, any of us. And so uh, we have uh, the new generation is fascinating. Uh, I I love the new cartoonists that there are. That, that's what took many pages at the end of my book is that I really wanted to make a, a kind of a showcase of the new generation uh, of uh, zine, uh, small press publishing, because I believe that, uh, that this is a place of uh, protest and uh, contesting the, the status quo. So many young artists are using these uh, uh, self-published booklets, uh, self-printed, where they actually talk about um, issues related to feminism, uh, presentation of queer narratives, 
um, for instance, sexual abuse in um, rape culture, uh, for instance. And so these, this new generation is addressing it. And we have experimental comics, a new generation of fascinating uh, Thai cartoonists, um, mostly female Thai cartoonists who are now uh, creating experimental comics, playing with the forms uh, like mm. Tunadun. Uh, why do you think it's mostly female? That seems kind of counterintuitive in terms of the history of cartooning in general. Oh, I, I would say that first we have, uh, so the, the media is more open. Uh, no, it has been really male-dominated uh, uh, industry. Um, and no, with, I mean, access to uh, online publishing or self-publishing, uh, I think it's easier uh, for actually female cartoonists to produce their work and sell their work and, and uh, spread their, uh, their work. Uh, a big chain has been the manga and shoujo manga, for instance, that the idea that we had uh, uh, female cartoonists in, in Japan uh, with uh, stories that are aimed at female readership and that participate in, in the emergence of a new generation of female readers of comics and manga and they would turn some of them would turn to become female cartoonists and artists uh, and then yeah I've, it's always a, a complex question because i don't want to put boxes and uh, make make boxes um i think there is something that's really about um I tend to see male readers as being obsessive or even <clears throat> a male cartoonist obsessed with uh, inking, for instance, mm. or um, being... Uh, Just kind of the, the, the inker, inker worship culture. Yes, and, and where you actually have... Uh, you, you read many books and you are influenced by all these comics and you just do the same uh, within that really male-dominated culture. Uh, what I see uh, female artists as as being uh, more free from that culture and they actually, I feel, um, explore comics in a way that is less um, uh, narrow-minded. Mm. So they're like flourishing in the periphery as opposed yes, to yeah. being... Yes, yeah. They are in the margin. I mean, they are creating in the margin and they are creating something that is uh, that is really amazing. Uh, ah, pun intended. More more techniques, uh, yeah. uh, using <laughs> using more techniques, uh, pencil, uh, for instance, while uh, male uh, artists would always go for ink. I think there is more more texture. Uh, there, there is more more freedom. Something, um, yeah, it, it is part of a counterculture and a, and a movement where uh, women artists, female artists, are are trying to. Uh, to get their voice heard with their own approach to the media. And it's fascinating because I, I believe we are just entering the golden age of, of comics art everywhere in the world with uh, more female artists and new ways to tell stories with different uh, views uh, and techniques, yes. Do you, so um, can we expect it this another 100-year book <laughs> in the yeah, future, well, hopefully? <laughs> I was just going to say... Um, could you give us uh, like what should our listeners be reading? Um, like uh, get get their hands on what they could they Google? We could put it in the links yeah. if you. For, for those then, who are fans of comics but aren't yeah. unfamiliar with with Thai artists, who should they? Okay, so so many. Uh, I would say so available in English. We have uh, one book by Wisut Panimit that was published by Hawaii Books, if I pronounce it well. Wisut Panimit is one of the most famous um, Thai cartoonists who also happened to be a mangaka because he gained, uh, he went to work in Japan uh, and create manga in Japan and got really famous for his uh, Mamwan character. So there is one book uh, translated and available in English by Wisut. Uh, then I would advise the books from uh, Tunadun, who is a, a cartoonist, and her work is also available in, in English. Uh, there are three books in English from uh, Salmon books, uh, and really um, either short strips about daily life, really well written, a beautiful line art. Um, and uh, there is, uh, for Thai readers, there would be Sa'art, as I mentioned, uh, is 
autobiographical books about uh, the, uh, his life or the education system in Thailand are absolutely uh, great graphic novels to read. Uh, there is Art Gino. Art Gino is uh, Published is available in French from Saela and in, in Thai is available from Salm Books. Uh, and he is one of the, the best Thai artists uh, today. He really has, um, he's using usually color. It's not black and white. He's using uh, these beautiful watercolors and he's telling stories of um, the daily lives of uh, teenagers in uh, high schools and it's uh, really well written and really shows the, 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 the current situation of these, these young teenagers who are a bit lost in the current uh, political situation and lack of uh, perspective for the future. Uh, so Art Gino, of course, Tuna, Misut, uh, Art. Else could I mention? There are many. Pirapat, uh, his beautiful Deporello book uh, called uh, In Between. And uh, that's also, I mean, most of them are featured in, in the book, in the showcase at the end of the yeah, book. Yeah, I was going to say, they can, um, get, uh, they can get their hands on... Um, your book and art, learn about all these artists as the a jumping art of point. The, the book is The Art of Thai Comics, A Century of Strips and Stripes. Um, and so I, will you, will you, uh, will you come back sometime when you can come to campus and, uh, and, and visit us? That would be great. As soon as we can travel first, my first goal is to go back to Belgium and see my family because it's been more than two years now that we have been apart because we've, oh we've been stuck there and I've been Absolutely. stuck here in Thailand for, if uh, I go anywhere else except home, I will also get in trouble. Yeah. Yes. You could do so a book first, tour in Belgium. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I hope to do that in December, by the way, but we'll see if, if we can leave and go to Belgium uh, in December, we do. And then, yes, hopefully I hope to, to reach you and, and visit uh, your university at some point. That would be great. Yes. Please bring an exhibit. We would love to put on an exhibit um, of, of yeah. that because I think... Uh, and I'm more aware, hyper aware of it now because we're recording a podcast, which is not the medium to talk about comics because no one yes. can see anything. So in you know, in trying to to talk about this visually stunning medium through audio, it, it's it's a struggle. And so if we can you know do an exhibit, that that would be amazing. Yes, sure. Actually, I was. So a radio host for uh, several years, for five years, I think, with a, a French uh, in Belgium. Uh, and it was a radio show about uh, comics. And so every month we were gathering uh, its oh, Radio nice. Grand Papier. Yeah. And we would uh, talk for three hours about comics uh, and do podcasts and uh, being live. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating. I mean, it's such a challenge to actually... Every every month, little three hours about comics and try to uh, to get a sense of the pages so that the the auditors could figure out what we are talking about. Right. Because as you say, it's like it's really. I mean, comics has everything, but it's, some. It's like writing about music. It just doesn't work, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so. But then it, we found a way, I mean, at, at some point you find the reference or try to figure out uh, or reference to movies or other comics or right. films, comics, and we always find, so it looks a bit like that, but with that kind of, so it's really interesting to describe, try to describe style, graphic style uh, yeah. on radio. I miss yeah. that. I love, Verbally. I love oh. to do radio so much. Well, here you are doing a podcast. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, thank, I'm just thank, kidding. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, yeah, and we'll 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 uh, again, our listeners go out and get uh, um, the art of Thai comics, and we'll put the links in there, and uh, we'll hear more from Nicholas Verstappen. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Southeast Asia Crossroads. We would like to give thanks to Tantrakun for the use of his track 
Electric Can, and a thanks to our audio producer, Amelia McCoy. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you tune in next time.